Hi, I'm Lisette Diaz. In a world so full of doubt and sin, it's so easy to lose faith. If you feel like you've lost touch with your faith and you need something to bring you back in, this is where you need to be. Let's go on a journey to reclaim your faith. Here is Faithless. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Faithless. As you know, we've been on this little journey. We've been exploring different characters from the Bible and learning from them certain lessons that we can really apply to our own lives. And sometimes we feel so alone in this world. We feel like the struggles we go through are our own and that they've just kind of come from the world that we live in. But when we really look at it, most of our struggles are ancient struggles. People from ages before us have been going through the same struggles. So it's really nice to look into this um these people in the Bible and just realize how how alike they are to us and how much we can relate to them and how many lessons we can learn from them. Um, so today we're going to be exploring one of um, the people in the Bible that I really relate to as a person, um, just because he was just so in love with God, but at the same time he struggled with his with his love for God and and with sin. Like it was just hard for him to be a perfect person, even though he had so much love for God. So um, I feel like we all do that. We all struggle in that way. So I just thought it was really interesting to see how David's life kind of turned out. Before we start on that, though, I want to just spend a quick moment remembering the victims of the attacks on the attack in South Florida at um, one of our schools. I'm a teacher, so it does kind of hurt not kind of, it really does hurt. And then seeing some of my kids were affected by it. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot that's happening. And I just want to take this moment and pray for those students, uh, those families, those teachers. Lord, just give them strength and the willingness to come to you and to put their pains in you so that you can heal them. It's not easy. And it won't be easily forgotten if it's forgotten at all. Just heal them and heal us so that we can become better people and really help those around us to prevent these kinds of things from happening. All right, so let's get started with David. David was a beautiful person, beautiful inside and out. Um, when we look at the Bible, um, it says that he was a very handsome young man. And our story really starts with Saul. Saul was, I think, the first king of Israel, and he started off very well. He, um, he was anointed by Samuel, and Samuel, when he, was, when he called Saul to become king, he, Saul ran away. <laughs> Saul was a little bit of chicken. So he ran away, he didn't want to do it, and then eventually he owned up and he became king, and he you know, did battle, did whatever he needed to do, but he kind of got big head and just like it didn't work so God was like hmm, I don't know about you Saul like he started off really well and then he just got so he fell so in love with the riches of the world and with these things that were not of God that he just forgot God he didn't care about God anymore so Saul Samuel the one who anointed him realized okay God's not happy with this so he prayed and God said I need you to find another king and I know where you can find him go to Bethlehem so he goes to Bethlehem and goes to Jesse's house and Jesse um, had eight sons and seven of his sons were at home and he said call out all your sons I'm, a, I'm going to anoint a new king for Israel so he calls out all of 
Jesse's sons, and the seven that were there, Saul says, you know, ooh, look at the, the oldest. He's strong. He's handsome. He's, you know, he's very cocky. Maybe this is the one that God wants. And God's like, no, I don't judge people by their appearance. I judge them by their heart. So he went through each one of Jesse's sons, all seven of them that were there, and just God kept saying, no, that's not him. No, that's not him. No, that's not him. And then Samuel was just like, none of these are it. Do you have another son that is not here? And and Jesse's like, yeah, my youngest. My youngest is out with the sheep. His name is David. So he's like, bring him over. So David comes over, and God says, there he is. That's the new king of Israel. So at a very young age, he's just a boy, um, Samuel anoints David as the next king of Israel for when his time comes. Because right now, obviously, you know, he had things to do and Saul was king at the moment. So when it was his turn, he would be the next king of Israel. Um, and then an anointing, we know that an anointing serves to really purify the soul and to just let God overwhelm you with his presence and his purpose for you. So he was anointed. Um, and when we look at Saul, and Saul just kept being king, and he got into this battle with the Philistines. And the Philistines and Israel were just not good, not on good terms at all. They were enemies, and they were fighting. And for 40 days, for 40 days, Israel was stuck on a mountain because they were scared to come down because the Philistines came out with their secret weapon, Goliath brought out Goliath, and Goliath was challenging them, bring out one of your men, and if they beat me, then you know you win, but if they don't beat me, then I will kill you, and I will eat you, and the craziness. He was just massive and just crazy. So <laughs> there's no other way to describe him. He was just huge and crazy. So um, Jesse sends David to the camp because his older brothers are fighting this battle and he says here bring lunch to your older brother he gives david the lunch and david walks miles 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 and miles to get to his brother to bring him lunch what a good little brother huh like if i was if it was my little brother or my older brother i'd be like she can get his own lunch <laughs> but he's no he went and he brought him lunch he walked miles to bring him lunch i have trouble walking down the stairs but so he did this for for his older brother. And when he got there, he hears, this is the 41st day, he hears Goliath talking all this nonsense and cursing his God. Now let me tell you a little bit about David. Like I said, David was very handsome. He was a musician. Um, I've even read some accounts that he might have had blue eyes. So Israelite with blue eyes, you can imagine the dark skin and the blue eyes and the, and the long hair and just very handsome. And on top of this, he was a musician. He played the lyre, which is a kind of harp, um, except it's not really that big. It's just a really tiny harp. And he actually, he wrote most of the psalms, in case you didn't know. He he wrote 90% uh, of them. I don't even know. I'm throwing out a, a number there, but it, it was the majority of the psalms. There's just a couple, like two or three. They're not written by David, but the majority are David's. So he was a talented musician. He was a shepherd, and when he was tending his sheep, many times he got attacked by lions or by bears, and David would wrestle with his bare hands, and he would kill tigers, I mean, not tigers, lions, and bears with his bare hands. 
that's intense. Like, this boy was not afraid of anything. And at this point, he was like a teenager. So he went and brought lunch to his brother, and here's this guy blaspheming against his god, the god that he is so in love with, the god that anointed him with a purpose that was beyond anything that he could have imagined. He is sitting there cursing his god out. And these people in the Israelites and the Israel army were just kind of sitting there. They weren't doing anything about it. They were just scared. They didn't want to go over there. And he's like, what is up with this guy? What in the world? And so nobody wanted to go fight. And he's like, well, if you guys won't fight, I will. I'm not going to stand here and listen to him like that. And I'm, this is totally paraphrasing. This is not what it says in the Bible. Like, I'm just relating, changing it to our terms. But David probably did not talk like that. Um, <laughs> so Goliath calls out to David and or to the army and said, bring somebody out. And David told Saul, the king, he's like, I'm going to go out there. If you don't want to, I'm going to go out there. So he was braver than the king. And the king's like, well, if you're crazy enough to do that, here's my armor. And David's like, no, I can't deal with your armor. I'm not comfortable with it. I've never had to deal with it. So no, I'm just going to go the way I am. And I'm going to bring a sling and rocks. So he took these rocks and the sling and came towards Goliath. Now, Goliath and David here have this, um, have this exchange of words that really show David's bravery and his love for God and how intense he was about God. And I was listening to this from a talk by Mark Hart. Um, it's called Facing Your Fears. And he talks about David's story in a very unique point of view. So I'm going to read to you in the Bible exactly what it says that David said to Goliath. So Goliath says to him, am I a dog? He roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. So he pretty much told him, I'm going to feed you to the birds. And David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Dang. Like, when you really read that, it's like, wow. David was intense. Like, he really let him have it. He's like, you're going to feed me to the birds? No, sweetie, I'm going to feed you to the birds and your men and everyone in your town will know that we have a God that is real. So David was ready for him. And so he, he threw his stone with his sling at Goliath. And we know this part of the story that Goliath just dropped dead. Um, and when we look at it anatomically and you look at Goliath, he got hit in the head, right, in the forehead. And now if you really think about it, your head, um, when you touch your forehead and you touch your temples, this area here is very fragile, and it, it controls very important parts to your brain. And next to your temples are your ears, which is your center of balance. So if he got hit in the head, and the, the Bible says that it sunk into his head. So David must have had a heck of an arm. He was probably like a super baseball player if he was in our day and age. Because he, he threw that stone so hard with that sling that it sunk into Goliath's head. Mind you, Goliath is like this mammoth of a man. Like It's like Shaquille O'Neal. It's like 
yeah, like facing Shaquille O'Neal, pretty much. And so it sunk into his head. He dropped on his face and died. And that's just because he threw off his balance with it, and then he went into his head. Like, how hard does it have to be to go into through this guy's cranium? So he drops dead, and David has that victory. And eventually he joins Saul's court. And Saul loved him. He was one of his favorites because he was a musician. So he was a musician in Saul's court. He would play music, blah, 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 blah. But eventually Saul turns on David, and he starts getting jealous. He starts seeing that mm, David's pretty good at this stuff, at things like being a king, and I don't like it. And so he wants to get rid of David. Now, before this, he had turned David into one of his military um, generals. So David was pretty aware of how to do military strategy at this point. So Saul turns on David, and David runs away. He didn't, he didn't want to be killed, obviously. So Saul is on this persecution of David for, like, what seems like ages, and until the moment that he dies, he is after David. He's just so jealous. He does not want him anywhere near him because he wants his sons to be kings, blah, 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 blah. Craziness, you know, ancient times and all that stuff. So Saul is on this persecution, and he goes into battle, and his sons and him die. They get killed in battle. And so David is then crowned as king of Israel. And David can now really take his love for God and let it show in his people and in the Israelites. Now, David is called a man after God's own heart. So he was just so in love with God. It was kind of like when you're when you're smitten with someone and you really love someone and you just you're after that person's heart. You'll just do anything to please that person because you just love them so much. That's the way that David was with God. And that's really the way that we should all be with God. But David was just so naturally good at it. And, and we talked about David, you know, fighting bears and lions with his bare hands to, to protect his shepherd, her sheep. What a shepherd, huh? Isn't that what we're looking for? A good shepherd? Isn't that what we're trying to be? Well, David was that. And and he must be important when you think about it. Like, you know, he's David. Jesus is from David's house. That's what we say. David's house. Jesus came from David's house. So he's obviously very important. And so when we look at it, and he was such a good shepherd, and now he is the shepherd of the Israelites because he is their king. So as their king, he builds a temple. Um, he wants to build a temple. I don't. He doesn't really get to build the big temple he has planned. He leaves that for his sons. Um, but he he does bring the Ark of the Covenant to David's city, and it's said just so that you can get a um, a picture of what he how much in love he was. He put on garments, the priest's garments, and started dancing and singing the glory of God when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into David's city. He was just like a little child. He was like a little kid. He was so excited that they were bringing God himself, the Ark of the Covenant, into David's city. He was just singing and dancing like a fool. Well, everybody else thought he was a fool, but, you know, he was singing for God. He's loving God. And so even his wife, um, one of his wives used to make fun of him for it. So he he has this deep passion for God, and he's a great king. He's just doing everything right, and then sin creeps in. And he has his best friend, and his best friend has a wife, and she's pretty, and he wants her, and sin enters into his mind. 
And because he wants her so bad, what he does is he sends his best friend to the front line of battle. And his best friend is killed. That way, he can take her. So that was the whole point. He wanted to send his friend to battle so that he could take his wife. Hmm. Not very good, David. And this man that was chosen by God made this huge sin. Like, we don't do this. Like, we know we don't do that. And so he... he fell into this temptation and took Bathsheba. Bathsheba was his this woman. He took Bathsheba as his own wife. Mind you, he had plenty of other wives. He didn't need another wife. He just wanted that one. So he got greedy and lustful, and so he killed his best friend so he could have his wife. Um, and now Samuel, the one who had anointed David as king, had already passed away, and the, the a prophet that took his place was the prophet Nathan. Nathan comes up to him and tells him a story about how there was a man who had all of these things and there was a man who had nothing, who had very few of that thing. I don't remember what thing it was, but I know it was like a man that had few and then a man that had many. And the man that had many went and stole from the man who had few out of greed. And David hears the story and his, you know, he is full of this justice that he wants to do justice. He's like, who is this man that he may be killed? And Nathan goes, that man is you. You have everything and your friend only had his wife. And you took his wife from him and you took his life. And so David realized the mistake he had made and he you know how sometimes we justify our mistakes? Like, we just sit there and we're like, no, but I'm entitled because it's my right, I'm a king, or whatever. It's this my body, I can do what I want. Um, whatever. Whatever your excuse is for your sins. That's what David was doing. And when Nathan shows it to him in this perspective, David shows signs of someone who is really, like, he's a great person. He realizes what he did, and he's like, oh my gosh, you're totally right. I have been a horrible person. And so he is repent. He's repentful and he wants God to give him forgiveness. And he really repents towards God and God forgives him. But you know, sin entered his heart, sin entered his heart. And he, and he was really, really overwhelmed by it for a long time. And then finally, when he opened his eyes and he turned back to God, God forgave him. And, um, Anyway, as we go on with the story, um, David had a couple sons, and one of his sons wanted to take over. His name was Absalom. And Absalom um, formed like a rebellion against David, and they tried to kill David and, and fight against him to try and take over the throne. And Absalom ends up getting caught in a tree, and David, David's um, army, some, someone from his army, finds him and kills him. And when they find Absalom and they come back with the news to David, David's like, is my son okay? And they were like, well, your son is as all your enemies should be, dead pretty much. And in the Bible, there's just this beautiful part where you see David mourning for his son. His son had turned against him. His son had turned people against him. And David is sitting there mourning for him. He loved his son so much that he just really just could not bear the heartbreak of losing a son. And he mourned. And then all of his army saw him mourning, and so they mourned as well. 
it shows that a father's love is it has no bounds. When you love like a parent does, it's just there's nothing like it. And so David mourned for his son, and he had heartbreak. He had heartache. Well, eventually, you know, David is old already. He's getting ready to die, and Solomon is his son. Solomon is going to take over his throne, and so the the temple that he wanted to build would then be built by Solomon. And then David passes away. So this is pretty much like a summary of David's life, and, and it, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in his life. Um, there's certain scenes in there, three of that particularly, that called to my attention, and we talked about them in detail. We talked about David and Goliath. We talked about David's adultery with Bathsheba, and we talked about Absalom's death, his son's death. There are three events that really characterize David and his personality. So first, um, David and Goliath, he was strong. He was he had a passion for God. He wouldn't let you disrespect God's name in front of him. That's the kind of person he was. He was not going to have it. He was going to defend his God. He was going to defend his faith. And he was going to die trying if he had to. But he would do it with his bare hands. And he had no fear. No fear because God was with him. And I don't know if you know one of the Psalms that says, I will feel no evil for you are at my side. Um, fear no evil, sorry. And so that's pretty much what happened with that. He, he showed the kind of compassion, the kind of love, and the kind of reverence and, and attention to God that we need to have as Christians and as Catholics. Another thing that I really want to go over is, you know, that, that scene with the adultery. We talked about it in detail. He did wrong. He made a huge mistake. He killed his own friend. He murdered his friend and he took his wife. He committed murder and adultery all in one, one big package. And so this is something that, you know, we can't even imagine doing in our day and age. Like I can't imagine killing someone just because I want their husband. It's just extreme to get to that point. You got to really be crazy to do something like that. Well, David was crazy. He went crazy with sin, and he he was so full of lust and and want that he went and killed his best friend. And even so, he was forgiven by God, and he realized his mistake. And he said, "Oh my God, I am so sorry." And he realized he repented, and he went back to God, and he said, "I will be good." And he did his best to follow whatever God had asked of him. And sometimes, you know, he'd he'd fall and he'd he'd sin again, but he'd always come back to God. He'd always come back to the presence and the love of God, and God was always there, ready to receive him. And so much so that he gave his only son to be born from his line. That's how much he loved David, and that's how much he showed David that he had been forgiven. You know, it's okay. You, I, you sinned. The sin was not okay, but you are okay now because I've got you and I will protect you and I will love you. And so God says that to us all the time. God says that to us so much, but we don't listen. We don't listen to God because we are too busy putting ourselves down. We're too busy telling ourselves, you are out of God's love. You are out of his reach because you have sinned so badly. You don't deserve God's love. And my dears, we don't get to say what we deserve and what we don't deserve. Only God gets to say that. And God says that we have his love no matter what. And that he is there with arms wide open, ready to receive us, ready to forgive us, and ready to bring us back home. So we need to remember this. We need to remember that God loves us and that he's willing to give us anything as long as we come back to him. 
and we, we repent for our sins. The third thing is how he wept for his son. How a good father. We talked about him being a good shepherd. How he took care of his sheep by fighting bears and lions. And then he, his son who turned on him. Absalom turned on him. And he wept when he found out he had died. What a perfect love. Your son turned on you. And you still loved him. And you still were waiting for him to come back home. And when he died and he wasn't able to come back home... He just couldn't stand the pain. He was so, so upset. And think about God. He does that with us. When he loses us, when we die to sin, God's heart is aching. God's heart is in agony. God just wants us back. He wants us to come back to him and just be loved by him. God is that perfect father. And if David, who was imperfect, could love so much, Imagine God's love for us. And he, God shows it for us because then he sent his son to die. Imagine how much in pain God was when he had his son die on the cross for you and me. Imagine that. God loves you. God loves us so much. All we have to do is come back to him. And let David's story be a remembrance for you so that you can see how, how big God's saving grace really is, how much he loves us, and how many great things he can do with us if we just say, yes, God, I'm here. You know, he, he came back to God. He loved God. He rejoiced in God, and God did great things with him. Let's do that. Let's be that. This Lent, let's change our lives so that we can be so much in love with God that no matter what, we are never feeling like we are out of God's love and out of God's reach. So that's the story of David. I hope you enjoyed it. And I mean, obviously, I encourage you to look in the Bible and the book of Samuel and really start reading David's story and read his life. He has a lot of cool things that happen in his life, a lot of cool things that he does. Um... I do have, um, our parish has a program called formed.org, and um, the parish code is given to the community. So if your parish has it, make sure to ask for the parish code and log in there. They've got a, they have some great sessions for Lent. They've got some great sessions um, on the different characters of the Bible. So I encourage you to read all those, really educate yourselves, because knowledge is power. And as we make our journey through this life into sainthood, we really have to Remember that we're not alone. All the struggles that we go through in our lives, they're in the Bible. They're all there. <laughs> they really are. Just we got to remember to educate ourselves so that we don't lose track. And this whole podcast name is Faithless. We don't want to be faithless. We want to be full of faith, but we realize we fall faithless. And that's usually because of lack of education, because we don't we're not understanding what's happening there. So I encourage you to really go out and really learn about God, learn about his love, learn about the people he's touched and his word and his and the Bible and, and just do as much as you can. Really fill yourselves with God. And for now, let's say a quick prayer so that we can close off our, our podcast for the day and just really fill ourselves with the love of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for always being present in our lives, for loving us, for caring for us, for forgiving us, even when we think that we don't deserve it, Lord. You are always there, ready to forgive, ready to take us into your arms, and we thank you, God. 
You are amazing, God. You will never stop amazing me with how much you love me. And I ask you to help me feel that. Help us all feel that love. And when the weight of our sins gets too hard to bear, just help us see that image of you holding out your arms saying, give it to me. Just give me that sin. I will get rid of it for you. Just help us see that image so that we can see that you really just want to hold us and you really just want to love us. You don't want to condemn us. You want to convict us. You want to make us your inheritance. You want to give us that inheritance. You want to make us your sons and daughters perfect in your eyes. Lord, just bless us. Keep us in your heart and help us on this journey as we really look to be more like you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me again, guys. I really do love being able to spend this time with you. And next week, we'll obviously continue doing our journey of the different Bible characters. And I hope this is helping you really find your way through your life. And until next week, may God bless you and keep you always. Amen. Amen.